you know, where someone says, oh, but this car is pristine and it's a, uh, and you go, yeah, but it's pristine, but it was shit then and it's shit now. <laughs> it just happens to be pristine. It's up there with the, pristine. It's up there with an oil flap for you, isn't it? Before we start today's show, I'd like to thank today's Porsche Talk supporter. Kuawi Kyoto is a brand created in Kyoto, Japan. They make high-quality, classic-design watches. If you want classy styles that hark back to a time when our fashion was not disposable, this will be for you. She had the Old Smith and the Royal Smith as examples of everyday elegance. I love mine. It's my go-to every day. They offer movements in quartz, mechanical, and automatic. All their watches are handmade and assembled in Japan. Check them out at kuoe-en.com. That's K-U-O-E. Dash en.com on with the show. G'day, Ajmal. How are you today, my friend? Long time no talk. Um, I am very well. Happy New Year. And I'm, I always think, how long can you keep saying Happy New Year? If you haven't seen somebody in mid February, can you still say Happy New Year? Well, we're know. not, well, we're past mid January, so I'm not sure either, my friend. So, how was the yeah. festive so season? That- um, it was really good. Uh, cause my birthday's in and around then, and it was i'm it must be in yours too yep ah we'll we'll talk offline and compare notes yes um because i don't know whether it's an ace thing or what but as it gets closer to christmas i've started to have that feeling earlier and earlier that i've i've just had enough of all the food i've had enough of the booze and you just every day you just go oh man i'm gonna i'm gonna overeat again today i'm gonna drink too much again today and I think this year I kind of it just kind of tailed off for me probably about this Boxing Day, where I just someone offered me a drink. We went somewhere uh, as a family, and it was a bit of a you know event. There were quite a few people there, family friends, and I decided that I wasn't going to have a drink and I could drive us back, uh, which everyone else loved. Obviously, my children, and my wife loved because they mm-hmm. could just relax. Yep. Um, but it yep. was. Um, just to clarify, you, your children weren't drinking. Good. Yeah, okay, keep going. No, they weren't drinking. No, but they uh, they quite like it that they don't have to walk back because it's like a, a mile and a half hike back from there. <laughs> and normally it's a great, you know, nice to walk. That It's a beautiful walk, but it's obviously middle of dead of winter. It's pitch black dark. It's past their bedtime by the time you're walking back. So they're quite relieved that they don't have to do that walk back. Of course. And um, otherwise, Christmas New Year was great, uh, but it does feel like it never happened because back at work, it's just gone full on straight into it. So I've not enjoyed that. What about you? Well, it's uh, I haven't spent enough time at home over this period. We, the family, are sort of between here and Geraldton and Northampton, which is about... 500, 600 kilometres north of here, so say 380 miles or so, right? Just uh, down the road then. Yeah, just going to get milk. No, so we uh, we had Christmas up there, returned back to Perth for a week or so, then back up uh, for, I worked from home up there. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, yes, I did. I worked that from home up there. Came back, then I had to go to Sydney for a week for work. Wow. Then returned, then I got had to head back up again to pick up my daughter who was staying with the family up there. So I stayed again for another week, come back. And then, so it's just been all over the shop and it's, I just feel uh, like I haven't spent enough time in my own bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, do you know what? It's, 
it's weird to think because when I came back from Vegas, which was the first of December, and I caught some virus, I think I told you on the way back, and I've just not felt the same. I don't know what it is. Yeah. You know, when you get in the evening, you just get tired. And then I foolishly did that thing because, you know, I told you I broke my foot last April playing football. Well, last week, I decided to go start playing again. And what happened last week? The first time I went, it was minus three degrees and snowing. Nice. Uh, and I've played three times since, and it's been minus three every time. Um, and today it's 12 degrees. And the last time I played was about four days ago. How, how is that possible? It's like 15 degree swing in the weather. We've just on this Porsche Talk weather channel, we've just uh, yes finally broken a heat wave that has just been pretty unrelenting for the better part of the whole of January. So it's uh, there's a lot of relief would be the best way to describe it over here at the moment. See, for me, if I relate it back to a car theme, when it's sub zero, it's the salt on the roads. You just think oh, I'm just not going anywhere and. You know, I had to pay sort of £2,000 to get my my 9-11 welded last year, just towards the end of last year. And every time I go out, you know when the salt's on the road, you can hear it hitting the bottom of the car? I don't know. It's just like, oh, God, it's it's kind of rusted away by the time I get home. No, I don't know the sound. Yeah, it's rubbish. It's like driving on sand. Oh, okay. (laughs) Look, in an effort to produce a better product for our loyal listeners and potentially future listeners, I thought we'd structure our podcast moving forward and share the idea what, with our listeners. What do you think? I thought you were going to say, and we'll charge them a million pounds. One million dollars. Uh, no, the, uh, so I'd like to start with some Porsche company news. Ooh. The big news this week coming out is on Thursday in Singapore, they're launching the new McCann EV. Now, this will be quite an interesting car for the company for a couple of reasons. Firstly, we know, Todd, it's an EV. You don't need to go on about it. Now, the the actual um, car itself is all new tech from different to Taycan. That's first that I've uh, read so far, but the details and the finer notes will be coming out on Thursday. What is really interesting, though, is the McCann. Base model McCann is the biggest selling model for Porsche. Currently, the new McCann, available only in EV, no ice options uh, anymore, is actually 40% more expensive. I'm going to be curious to see whether or not the market, how the market accepts or reacts to this. And, you know, I'm talking base, base here, so... You can imagine how expensive they're going to get in the uh, higher end models. Yeah, well, the thing is, I don't. I, is it because of you know? Because you know, like Teslas were really expensive. Um, Teslas to some people, Teslas to others. Yeah. Um, but they they were, and I think that was a deliberate thing because remember when, if you make something really cheap and everybody can buy it, it's it, there's no exclusivity and it doesn't. It kind of has a it, it develops a reputation all of its own based on that. And when Teslas came along, they were expensive and it was almost like an exclusive club and, um, and you know, people wanted it like an iPhone or, and, you know, a status symbol. It became a piece of technology that, that people wanted. 
And also because Tesla got ahead of the curve, you know, they had all of that software that's and the free charging and, you know, it would told you you've got X amount of miles left and this is where you should go because there's a free charger. And none of the other manufacturers have got that yet. Oh, that's, and I, that, you know, I know that boat sailed. I, I think most of the points you've brought up, uh, yep. I don't think that any of those myself, I don't think there's anything there that's relevant to any new electric car that's coming out. Oh, no. See, I think that because one of my friends had a Model 3 sure. and he, he'd had, I think 2017 or 18 was the first time he'd got a Model S. Then he went to a Model 3. And he's now got an iPace, Jaguar iPace. And he said that's the biggest difference is this. You have to plot your journey based on where you're going to charge on things like that, whereas the Tesla just did it for you. Sure. Um, and then you've got to pay for your charging. But I think the the manufacturing of those cars, surely it should be the, the process should be optimized at an accelerated rate. And then the prices should come down um as a result but charging 40 percent more for the same model just because it's electric I, I i can't see the reasoning behind it oh look it's they're gonna have to pay they've obviously the mccann must be incredibly profitable for porsche i think there'd be yeah a consensus there in, in its internal combustion engine option maybe this is what they've got to do to maintain that profitability and they could be deluding themselves thinking they're still going to sell the same volume that they did, even with the 40% price rise. I, I don't know. But it's going to be fascinating to sit back and watch as a spectator and eat popcorn, right? Yeah. The, oh, gotcha. And um, would you buy one? No, it's I, I've been privy to the release pricing for Australia, and it's not in a uh, realm of affordability for this household. Yeah. The would I buy one if it was affordable? Look, here in Perth in particular, there's a lot of reasons that an electric car can work. Okay. If you stay metropolitan, nearly every household has solar. We have a lot of yeah. sunlight and we all have garages and relatively large homes that have been built in the last, you know, 50 to 80 years. So the infrastructure within a household is usually capable of managing an electric car. However, once you leave Perth for any for any reason whatsoever, that's when your trouble starts because there's nothing close to Perth. You know, yeah, so the range true. aspect of it is uh, somewhat challenging. I think, and look, most people I know have multiple, are multiple car families, you know, at least two. And could you have one of them as an electric car? For sure. Right, and the other one suitable for those extracurricular activities, but you know, is it for us? Not today. Will it ever be? Possibly. I don't know. It's look, Porsche do a pretty good job of making their cars dynamic. Like even their SUVs are dynamic for SUVs compared to the competition. So mm. you'd anticipate this is a relatively going to be a pretty good driving car. They wouldn't be bringing out a Model Y competitor. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what comes. We'll, um, hopefully, they're talking about Q125 until Australian customer cars are delivered, though. So that's a full oh, wow. from now. 
Oh, that's surprising. I thought well, they would have had something if you, sooner. If you order a brand new Porsche on the configurator today, it's more than 12 months delivery anyway. So if I ordered a oh, new Carrera, it's over a year. So that bit is, you know, but that's, you would think they'd just, you know, front load the whole uh, delivery process so that they'd get cars out and about to generate hype. But it is what it is. Yeah, true. Um, I'm surprised that's the first one that they've gone. Like, no, I'm not actually. That's the first sort of combustion engine car that they've converted. They've gone, moved to uh, electric. But I guess it makes sense because, like you say, it's the best-selling one. Um, and it's a great way to test the water, right? And let's face it, this is just, it's the same art, uh, tech and architecture is going to be used in the Cayman Boxster that's, you know, imminent yeah. as well. But they'll probably wait six months to release that for the hype to drop down on the McCann. But, you know, when you look at volume, McCann is going to, you know, suck up all that production. Anyway, another car released whilst since our last uh, get-together, the new Panamera, as if anyone ever cared. No one cares. No one cares. It's like the Cayenne when it got released last year. No one cares. No, people did care about the Cayenne. No one the cares. Panamera's about the Panamera's kind of, but the Panamera's kind of uh, fallen, sort of by the wayside, hasn't it? Because you don't really see them out and about either. Well, it's, it's not just the Panamera. Large saloons have dropped by the wayside, haven't they? Yeah, that's true. But I can't think of the BMWs. Obviously, they still do them. Mercedes still do them, but they're sort of a certain type of it's almost like a limousine style you know taxi whatever you want to call it yes style car isn't it it's not yeah. uh i'm going to go and buy one and drive it around yeah. the but only people Panamera, buy, i mean there's the only people buy those saloon cars are five star hotels to pick people up from the airport yeah exactly that's what it feels so like so i anyway. don't know yeah so i guess they'll be dying away but if um but with the Panamera, I, I never understood it. And it was never a nice looking car. I never thought it was nice looking and it, and it hasn't grown on me. You know, most models come out. They're so different from something you've seen before. It takes a while for it to grow on you. That that just has, hasn't grown on me even one little bit. I've um, I've seen a couple in the right color to take from the right angle and thought, it's not as bad as I thought it was. And I saw an, a white turbo se hybrid sport turismo type back on it so more of a hatch shooting brake type yeah. hatch body i thought oh, that, looks, yeah, that looks okay but you know the thing's probably about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars australian or more right do i want yeah. what do i think you know and look i have driven it probably four of them and they they are great driving cars like if you want to big car with or a big luxo four seat or five seater thing it's you know it's a pretty good car but my goodness you get you, get, you end up having to be seen public in them yeah because um i uh you know when i went to that porsche event was it last year or the year before probably where i got to go around a track and i drove a taycan ah yes, yes yes um that i got taken around by a driver a professional driver in um in one of those a turbo s panamera um, and obviously it was stupidly fast. Um, you know, build quality was amazing, but it was it was massive. It's massive when you're inside it. Um, and see, grip the road great, all of that. But then when I got out and I looked at it and I thought, it still looks shit. Why would I want to buy that? The so, um I, even the type the Taycan, I can see that it's a 
it's actually quite a nice looking car. Even when you, I wasn't sure at first, but when I've seen it on the road, there's someone um, not far from here who owns one. I see it all the time, and I just think it's an it's an okay, it's a good looking car. It's one that that would could grow on me. I think. Oh look, the Taycan. I I think I don't. I'm not a big fan of Taycan. The aesthetics of the car, but in saying that, I think the hatchback one, the station wagon type one, I think is not a yeah. bad looking car. Um, one good yeah. thing that's come out of the Panamera release is they've actually developed some new no-charge colours that are going to be released throughout the range rather than just the standard white, red, yellow, black options. Ooh. You know what I mean? So there's some new colours there. I don't know the details. I haven't looked at it that hard or been on the configurator because the last thing I need is my um, web browser to see that I was looking at Panameras and then be ambushed by Panamera-related uh, content through my google ads yes uh, that <laughs> do you know what that that as a, as a side topic is a nightmare honestly <laughs> I, I have my um youtube feed right it has yeah yeah yeah, yeah stuff yeah. on there that I see and then someone will send me a link to something something stupid and i don't know whether my yeah. feed is trying to merge with theirs the next minute you know i'm being fed ads for dancing uh, cats i don't know yeah. Yeah, or or you know how to meet Russian women, or um, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, just yeah. ridiculous stuff. Uh, so mine is just full of normally just full of car stuff, with occasional sports stuff, yeah, like yeah. tennis or football, yeah, 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 or something yeah. like that. And that's literally it. But then when someone sends me that, and you know, as soon as you open it, you go, "Oh, I wish oh, I hadn't done that." Yeah. <laughs> so like that um, it's just that nuts. great meme of a guy running up that Porsche meme where a guy running up to his uh, wife's laptop when she walks out of the room, and just uh, hits the hits the um the Siri button and says, "Porsches, Porsches, 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 Porsches." <laughs> yeah, exactly that. So she gets all Porsche ads it's... for that point forward. It is nuts because, you know, on YouTube, obviously YouTube's listening because you've got to turn your microphone on if you're ever going to upload anything. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're not recording it on your phone, if you're just uploading a file, it yes. wants to access to your microphone. Um, you know, Instagram wants access to your microphone. And when, you, when you're talking about a certain thing, and it's just, I think it's really funny because obviously I've been talking about garages, garage doors, electricians, Fences. That's yes. all I see coming up in my Instagram feed. <laughs> Ads for local fencing companies or garage door companies. And you just think, oh, for God's sake. Let's not, come that, ba- not that I care. Let's come back to your garage. Let's come back to your garage. I've got a final piece of Porsche company news. There's a new ambassador. Who is it? Dua Lipa. When did that happen? At the end of December, in between Christmas and New Year. So she's... Mm. Uh, going to be in some sort of collaboration which i'd have to assume is an attempt by porsche to engage a to drop the average uh consumer age yeah well i mean they don't want to do that by upping 40 percent price price hike on an account <laughs> yeah 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 so anyway i thought that was pretty interesting she uh spent a day at the uh porsche experience center at los angeles to get a feel for Everything, look, I don't, she talks the talk like she's some sort of Porsche fan, but, you know, if, you have any, if you're have if you a Porsche fan and they say, which car do you want your photo taken with and you select a Taycan, you know, I, I start asking myself some questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you really a Porsche fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, there, there's a whole load of obviously younger people coming along that they're trying to make them into ambassadors. And I'm not sure what it does because, 
the tennis player Emma uh, Raducanu. Yes. And you know, as soon as she won, she won the uh, U.S. Open at the age of eighteen or whatever, they signed her up. You know, eighteen-year-old, and you just think, okay, it's fine. She's eighteen, but she's going to be a multimillionaire in no time. She's going to you're going to give her free car. She's going to be driving one all the time. Great. Um, but I mean, it didn't help their cause that she got injured straight away for a year. Um, and but the I don't, I'm not sure well, the engagement with someone who's eighteen sort of results in anything i don't know how you'd measure that now to maybe, say actually... maybe it's a long-term play maybe it's a hit these get get it in the consciousness now and then in seven or eight years time you know they've made their first yep. meal out of uni or something possibly i don't know i, I don't know the thought process That's I don't know doing. if i knew marketing this podcast would be a lot more successful yeah the... <laughs> oh, look the, and the next uh segment i'd for the uh for the future that I'd like to talk about is our week in Porsches, but it's been a month. Yes. So what's been happening in your cars in the last month? Well, not, Winter, nothing, anything? Really, nothing good, no, because the the weather's been obviously been horrific. Um not horrific. It just rained throughout December, then it was sub zero. The roads are really heavily salted. Yeah. And um, but I, I have been out in the poor in the 996 probably more than usual, and that's probably to do with the fact that my wife's been out in the family wagon, so sure. I've had to use it. Yeah. Um, but it it's still because it had some spray work and the lanner guard sprayed underneath, and there's all the chemical kind of paint thinner smell still in the car. And I took the my five year old's car seat out of the back and I loaned it to somebody else because they had relative staying over um and it's and for christmas i was given uh 996 car mats and well elfwish.com um, uh, and they're, they're from design 911 Ooh, okay so mm, nice they, so they were still you know like a couple of hundred pounds i think yeah yeah um and now I don't know if they're the right ones because I, I know it's December the 22nd, uh, January the 22nd today. And, you know, I've had them for a month, but I haven't tried them in the car yet simply because the car needs to be vacuumed first. And it's got all of this stuff in there, the mess from, you know, three, four years since I last cleaned it. Um, so I need to do that. But there's... um. But I'm not sure if they're the right ones. That, I mean, the, it's a minefield trying to work out which which are the right ones. So I just said, this is this model. If someone wants to get them for me, it's this model, it's this year, it's blah, blah, blah. And someone got them. They don't, they're not the same shape as the old ones, but I'm not sure the old ones were the, were the right ones. Uh, do, does so, the 996 have the press down things to clip them in place to, so that they lock in? No, it's the Velcro. Ah, okay. They have the screw sure. into the carpet yeah. Velcro yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the, the existing ones didn't really stick down. Uh, so I need to take those out, vacuum them up. But I've also got this, um, you know, the little foam, like sound deadening foam type thing that mm -hmm. you get. Mm -hmm. And it's obviously perished somewhere under the dash. It's blowing in through the vents. So, when I, so, so it's blowing in through the vents. It's everywhere. So oh. I come out and it's all over my face everywhere. And it's all wedged in the vents and I'm picking it out with like pliers. Um, it's so not. I don't know where that's coming from. I can tell you where it is. I can tell you what this is. I know this because it's happening to my wife's TT. 
Okay. Right. When they when they join the hard plastic um pipes that have the air, they actually use a um polystyrene foam to seal between the two. And as yeah. that um as that deteriorates, it breaks off and the fan's blowing only in one direction, my friend, and that is straight out those vents, and that's where all those are. Uh, but it looks like proper sponge. Yeah, I know. That's what they use. I think it's a sound deadening thing. It's not. But, it's but, not. That, but, that, but, but that begs the question, right? So if you're making everything, everything new, yes, you're making it, you know, everything's biodegradable, everything's, you know, sort of environmentally friendly. But surely, but then, you know, like, like obviously plastic bags, they should, you know, probably should ban them all together. Um, but they, they're biodegradable, which obviously, like back in the day, you can't put something in the garage and just leave it in a plastic bag for five years. You haven't had that. We haven't had those here dust for in two. a number of years now. We we still see them. They sold a bag for life and stuff like that where you pay mm -hmm. a bit more and you get a sturdy plastic bag. Um, but in cars, how do you do that? I think in theory, the most eco-friendly thing to do is make them sturdier than they've ever been. But this was, yeah, but your car was built 20... What seven years ago now? Yeah, twenty five. Yeah, 26. I don't. I, they probably thought that product would last for fifty years, but they they're not going to test it for mm. twenty seven a test, are they? Why not? Um, but the um, but in um other news, um, the exhaust has started blowing on my car. The exhaust what? And the exhaust has started blowing. The Nine nine six. So, uh, it's um. It's got a hole in the exhaust. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Right. So the, I I think there's I think it's around the header somewhere. Rusted out. Um. Be, well, yeah. Because when I first got the car and I took it to the garage and they and I was underneath looking at it, and uh, it the the studs that hold it onto the engine, the headers onto the heads, um, were crumbling. So I touched one of them and the end crumbled off it. And that, bear in mind, that was five years ago. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I think it's going to be a big job. So I, so it needs that doing, whatever the problem is with it, and it needs the rear shock absorbers, which are totally gone now because it, it, it doesn't, when it hits a bump, it doesn't go in a straight line. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you've you got some problems here. Yeah, but I, I still use it every day, though. Yeah, okay. Well, in my get what, what have I done in the last months? My cars, the three fifty six had a um, an image makeover for classic cars and coffee. Ooh. So, I've got a set of smoothies wheels that are a bit outlawish, should have, uh, and some drum covers that I oh, put in gloss black. So I run it without hubcaps on a set of smoothies and no wheel trim, so it looks a bit sixties um, V Dub style wheels on it. And I've actually decided since doing this, I'm, my smoothies have got scratches and stuff on them from having wheel trims on and off them over the years. I'm actually going to, um, it's the car's in storage at the moment, but when I get it back out of storage in the next week, I'm going to strip those wheels off it and get them um, sandblasted and powder coated or painted body colour. What? Body colour? Red? Yep. Yeah, and like a yep the um because you got the chrome they're smoothies so they got the um yeah. Lloyd Coddington CNC machined center in them so that comes out I get the wheels painted 
body color. I'll put them back in. And I'm even thinking about body coloring. I've got a second set of hubcaps. So I'm thinking about body coloring those as well to just to make, just to really upset all the purists. Oh, because I know. And I fit fit speedster seats to it. You've already done that. Yeah. I have a set of speedster seats that I swap in and out. Right. And um, so I had the speedster seats in and, did the uh, wheel stuff. I've got to. I've got to put longer wheel studs on the back drums. So I've got to do that as well. So I've got a bit of work ahead of me that I've got planned for the um, three fifty six. The Cayman with the dip in the used car market. I took the Cayman off the market. I had. I probably should have taken the offer that I was given about six or eight weeks ago, but you know, we went down south. My wife and I for a weekend away, just the two of us to a friend of hers 50th and had a weekend down there and drove lots of uh, nice roads and thought, oh, I don't really want to sell this car. This is too nice. This is too much fun. What I did discover is I'm never going to be able to do a rally event as I'm older with my wife as a navigator. She's um, no. she's uh, not, not because of her direction, but she's just too anxious about speed corners she doesn't understand what the car's capable of you know uh right okay so she wouldn't be a, a very calm no like navigator. you know yeah there's a, it's like an early eight thousand rpm red line on the gt4 and i hit four thousand she says oh <laughs> <laughs> so well, how much of a dip in the market is there going to be because i feel like it started you know, to come back already but is it is it the usual because you know you know all the YouTubers are doing videos oh the market's about to crash mm-hmm. and you know they're the same ones who predicted it a while ago and it didn't happen yeah look I don't so, know. I don't know. the that side of it, I'm not too sure but what I, look I do know that what about eight to ten weeks ago used cars were just not selling no matter what you had it didn't matter what it was no one wanted one at that moment in time. Like here in Australia, there's been a bit of respite on interest rates. They're even talking about dropping them potentially. That sort of opens up people's eyes a bit to thinking they might have more money than they really do have. But you know what it's like. It's just how how people think about those sorts of things. So look, I think a number of factors influence it. And, you know, let's face it, we're talking about just an expensive toy really. And um, yeah, true. The, but that, yeah, that's, Oh, anything else? Oh, look, the other cars in the garage this afternoon, I, d- I had to replace the lower rear wishbones on my wife's TT because one of them has got a big bend in it, which oh, took wow. me an hour and a half to get out because it was just, you know, problematic would be an understatement. And they were still original from because the car's 20 years old now. And the uh, so it's got 20-year-old car problems and probably not too similar to the stuff you go through with your 996, Ashma. With the exception yeah, that I, I her think car's actually looked after. My car's looked after. It's got tons of new bits in it. It's just that it needs a lot of them at the same time now. And it's the... I think it's significant money again this year because last year that, that rust thing hit me out of the blue. Yeah. And obviously I yeah. had the, uh, the coffin arms on the rear already done. Then when I had the welding done, I said to the guy, can you do the front lower arms as well? So he's done that. He's done the anti-roll bar bushes. So what does that leave? That leaves the shock absorbers and the drop links. Um, and that's pretty much, I guess, suspension tops. 
no, but that'd be fine. Once they, that, that gets done, when the shock absorbers are done. So if, if the exhaust didn't need doing, then two shock absorbers wouldn't have broken the bank this year, right? Yes, of course. But the exhaust, it, it's going to have to get done. But also, I reckon that the head studs are going to have to be drilled out. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's big. It's look, it's a terrible. Good news is, engine doesn't have to come out to do it. Yeah, true. Right? That's that is true. One of the positives, unless they're completely rooted and they actually can't be done in the car. But that's well. See then. Then if the engine has to come out, then I'm in a whole world of pain because then, you know, you have all, to do... All while you're in this. Yeah, all while you're in there. So there's a tiny weep on a power steering pipe that goes over the top. There's the clutch, the IMS uh, carrier, the um, the timing chain guides. Then suddenly you go, what would have been, you know, I don't know, how much does an exhaust cost? I don't know. Let's say... But let's just say £1,500, right? Um, then you're suddenly looking at six grand. And you're just like, oh, I can't, I can't. Just that's how much a car cost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, that is, that is what it is. Now, um, I've got to know, how's the garage going, mate? Have you got it? Have you done the floor? I don't think the no, 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 because so I haven't done the floor because I can't paint it with epoxy Too cold. because it's polished it's polished concrete yeah yeah you just, so they, they get, no there's what they do there's a treatment you put on polished concrete if you want to epoxy it's like an etch primer type product or a concrete etch or something they call it yeah I've seen I've seen some people have done it and it's started to flake off after not that long well I say not that long after epo a couple of years this happens with epoxy anyway hot tires and epoxy are no good accommodation yeah so so i've been looking at you know um maybe rolling out some vinyl or something or rub they can get rubber coverings for the floor or you can get those tiles that click together yeah, yeah, i've been asking yeah. around yeah 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 and uh i think i i think i asked pj and he said he'd, he'd just bought a cheap set of black carpet tiles mm -hmm. and just put them all over the floor and whenever one uh got ruined he just picked it up and replaced it with a new one yeah, the only um, problem with those that I've found, because I've tried those, is you you can't turn your steering wheel on carpet. Oh yeah, because it'll grip it and move it. Yes, yes. So so I've I've kind of almost landed on and you know, happy to be shot down if it's completely honestly wrong. And it's a very cheap solution, but I think it does the job because there's not going to be high traffic in my garage, right? It's it's gonna be one car is going to be parked there for most of the year and the other one's hardly ever going to go in there. Um, but the vinyl tiles that are stick down. So if I clean the surface sure. really sure. well and then just do... And, and I was going to do it just black with a rug on top of it. Yeah, okay. Look, my my only concern there for you is, you know, after, I don't know, 18 minutes when you realize the uh, folly of your way, the actual glue part of it, having to get that cleaned off the concrete afterwards, that's not that easy. If I, if I have to remove it, you mean? Right no, no, when, so you, when mean, you have to remove when. it. When? But why would I have to? If they're stuck oh, down and it's a really smooth, new you, surface. You don't want black either. Why not? Well, what about black and white? What, as in like 
checkerboard. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Look, it's a bit corny for me, but it's your garage, right? <laughs> the, well, what's um, wrong with clean black? A couple of things. It sucks too much light. You have to up your lighting level in the room, right? If you want to work in there at all. Yeah. Anything you drop on it, vanished, never to be seen again. The, um, you know, when I say it, I mean washers, screws, that type of thing. Uh, you want to be able to see where on your motor the oil leaks are, which will inevitably be the case for the 912. Not to suggest that the motor's bad, but it is an air-cooled Porsche, and that's what they do, right? Yeah, yeah those leaks are everywhere, so that's not going to help me. <laughs> but, it's leaking but, from everywhere. But I, I would recommend a lighter-coloured floor. That's would be my two cents. You've got to live with See, it. I've considered, so I've considered, I've gone through the spectrum. So yes. if you're in grey, for example, right? So grey is, is similar to silver. Mm-hmm. So if you dropped, you know, screws, washers and things like that, you're still not going to see them for a different reason. Then there's, if you go lighter than that towards white, then you see all the marks from tyres, feet, whatever it might be. Yeah, that's every colour. Um, you get that with your black. I just want you to know, I'm not saying I'm mainly retentive on this topic or OCD, but I do vacuum and mop my garage floor probably three times a year. See, I'll probably vacuum it. I'll probably vacuum it. No, you're going to mop it anyway. You're going to have to. Mm. It's just going to to have too much stuff in it. It's already got so much stuff in it that, that I can't get a car in. Yeah, okay. There's just let's let's see, just let's see some photo. I think we need some photo updates. Okay, so so in the photo updates it's not gonna look impressive because the doors aren't on yet. But it's full of shit. It's, but it's full of shit. Yeah. Um so it's being so I bought the shelves and stuff that are gonna go in there, which is fine. It's had electricity and uh so it's got electricity in there, it's got kind of some lighting it's not fully done yet the um there's it's got a data cable up to it it's quite far from the house so i'll probably extend my wi-fi up there it's um the doors are going in on valentine's day okay so they're going to be fitted and once the doors are fitted because at the moment it's got you know because we've been through sort of the winter phase it's got it's all the leaves are in there it's got tons of rubbish on the floor um, and then stuff that was lying around in the garden has just somehow ended up in there. Um, and that's all that's all gotta that's all gotta come out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I've got to I've got to polish up the floor, clean it, and then put something down. Um, but I don't know what that I, I, that's what I've settled on so far. I think that's the most okay, viable let's, option. Let's let's I can't wait to see it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, but then if it goes wrong, now you put you put doubt in my mind. I was already doubting myself. But what yeah. what you don't need me to reinforce your doubt. You already had enough. You're an overthinker. See, I was, but I was going to. I am an overthinker, and I was going to just roll out a, a piece of rubber that would go along the with inside the wheel trap, so sure. just collect up any oil drips. But then I thought, no, I I don't want it to be that color. Um, but so... yeah, however, you still think black vinyl tiles is a better outcome. Yeah, I think that's better. Okay, okay. Let me know how it goes. I'm looking forward to seeing the photos. It's going to look awesome in the photos, but I probably won't show you after I've used it or driven across it and it's 
like they've all gone flying out of the back, like a, <laughs> like discs flying out of a bloody pigeon shooting machine. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't, okay. I, I don't know. I'll have to have another thing. Good here. All right, then. Next topic: 2023 Porsche Talk podcast in review. Okay, I want to talk about the year that was for the podcast. Okay. And I've made some notes, which inevitably I know you wouldn't have. The <laughs> I'd like to. I'll just get. I'll just get, talk about it in general. We had twenty nine episodes in twenty twenty three. Oh wow. No way. I didn't realize that many. <laughs> yeah. 35,000 downloads, which is not bad for us. Bad for us, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to ask you, what were the highlights of your year relating to you, you, you and your car ownership and, or Porsche experience? What, what, if you think back on the year, just have a think about it. I'll talk about mine first and you, you, you can ponder it a bit. I obviously had an amazing year for my Porsche passion. I was went to Le Mans 24 hour for a weekend. <laughs> and then I um then I went to Rensport Reunion. Okay, it's two amazing places to go somewhere else in the world too. And I didn't go, but should have gone to the Icons of Porsche event in Dubai, which had oh, yeah. 27,000 enthusiasts turn up. And um, so, yeah, that one I look back on. I know I've had a great year, but I'm. I hope the opportunity for icons presents itself again, and I haven't burnt a bridge there. The um, for actually driving, had you know, the road trip in America wasn't in a Porsche, but it was a great experience to share with the family. So that was a, you know, that was good fun. Um, driving up Angeles Crest. Highway in Los Angeles was a bit of a bucket list experience, which I really enjoyed. Um, and driving, just um, driving the Cayman in the hills around Perth with no one else in the car but me for no other reason other than the thrill of driving was, you know, some of the great days I've had in the motor car, in any motor car. So that to look back on, they were really the highlights for me through the year. See, mine quite, aren't quite as spectacular as yours because you've got that traveling to yeah, new sure. destinations in yeah. and the iconic events that you went to. Um, for me, it was a bit because my, my favorite drive and my favorite day, I guess, of the year with one of mine is also the, the worst, is, is, is mixed in with the worst. It was because it was when I went to meet Bart up at Caffeine and Machine. It was yes, a glorious yes. day. Yep. And I, and I, you know, just go get the car out, not driven it in months and months and months, fire it up and think, yes, I'm going to hit the motorway and drive it for an hour and whatever and go and meet Bart, which was great. And it was a great drive right up until it broke down. <laughs> and then after that, obviously, it didn't drive right. It was pumping too much fuel into the engine. It wasn't driving properly. The heat was unbearable. But then I had a lovely um, sort of evening uh, hanging out with Bart. Uh, there were a lot of car people, lots of different car people there on that day that I met. Um, and it was um, it was good to... Because I, I also met Magnus last year in person. Yep, yep. 
uh, which which was good uh, to actually chat to him. Um, and the rest of the year, because uh, I think I went to Classics at the Clubhouse, which was the biggest event really I did, uh, which still had thousands of people there. But it was, um, and again, the weather was fantastic during the summer just to be able to go there. And, and the cars, just the different generations of cars and types was brilliant. But what I didn't do was I didn't do the simple things. You know, I didn't do enough of the cars and coffees. I didn't, I, mostly because I was lazy or I was doing something else. I didn't go and see, uh, last year, I didn't go and see Brian at Rent Vehicle Design at all. Uh, whereas he had some really cool stuff in. I could have gone and hung out there, made a video, mm-hmm. uh, interviewed somebody, got somebody on a podcast. And I, and I and so from the highlight to what could have been highlights that I didn't focus on, which was I didn't focus enough on getting the right guests, things like that, you know, people I could have got on and I didn't. And I think that those are the things I want to change this year. But I want to do more of those things where when the weather's good, get the car out and it will be easier because it'll be at home in the garage and it'll be the little things like going to a cars and coffee will be really easy. So I, I think I've learned that, but also Nick, this year is going to be different. Yeah, fantastic. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you've got some, uh, a good opportunity there to um, uh, replace some regret. Yeah, get some miles in, properly get some miles in in the 912. And and not only that, the biggest thing, the biggest thing that's going to happen this year is I will be able to fettle it. Yes. Because before I've not done any of that. I've literally just got in it. I know all the problems it has. I know probably know I could fix most of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't because I have finite time with it. And I just drive it, drive around all the, the mm-hmm. foibles that it has or the yeah. issues yeah. that it has. But yeah. this year it's going to be, I'll be setting aside specific days so i mean it could be that on the you know the first opportunity i get i take something apart and i can't put it back together <laughs> and that's it i'm done for on, on that point one of the highlights for me for last year for sure was you know talking about fettling was getting my webers sorted in my 356 yes. you know like doing the idle doctor conversion um completely cleaning it jetting it and doing all, all the Venturi's the right size, everything, you know, getting all the stainless steel um, uh, parts from CSP in Germany so that it all, you know, everything was as good as it should be and could be and has proven to be, you know. So that's been a real, that was a real highlight to get all that. Like, because I've, 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 in all honesty, I've sort of palmed some of that stuff off in the past and it comes back better but not as good as it is now. And I think, yeah, I, you know, in all in all reality, it's probably as good as it is now because I've done it myself as much as it is better, you know, because that sense of achievement of doing it yourself, yeah, you know, when you talk about fettling, yeah, absolutely, because I mm-hmm. think, um, because I haven't even put the distributor in, yeah, I know, and you you know how long I've had that, yeah, I've had that for so long. Yeah. And I tried it the once, you know, I told you. I yeah, and you haven't got the adapter ring yet, but you probably yeah, still have, don't the, have. I still don't have, no. Um, but the thing is, is it, is it standard? Because the I went on the website. Now, you've got um, to tell them they, what that that distributor doesn't just work for 912 slash 350. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, so you've got to let them know that's what you use it on. So they give you the ring or you they also sell you the ring at the same time. No, see, I, I I bought it off somebody locally who stocks them. 
Um, so I need to go back to them and yeah, say, look, sure. this is what I bought. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm going to fit it on. Yep. So yep. that that was a real a bit shitty. And it's then probably a five pound part. It probably is, yeah. And I and I put the I put the roof rack on, which I wasn't completely happy with. And I suspect that'll come off at some point for a bit. Because it's the way it sits on the car. And I feel like, you know, it's it's rubbing on the paintwork, the way it clamps on to the sort of the the rain channel, it clamps onto that. And the way it sits on the car, because it's shaped, it's that vintage speed one, so it's shaped to sit along the roof line. Yeah, yeah. And as yeah. soon as you put something on it, not that I put anything on it, but if I was the, to put flex something on it, hits the roof, doesn't it? Yeah, it's going to hit the roof. Um, and not only that, it's kind of touching because some idiot before has put the an aerial in the middle of the roof. They've kind of filled in the one on the on the front wing fender and put one on the roof, and it's um, and it. It's sort of touching it, so when you when you put something any weight on it, it'll press onto that. So I I don't know whether that'll stay on. It'll probably come off, go back on, come off, go back on. I don't know, or oh, or yeah. I'll just be lazy and I'll freckle the yeah. workings of it. But and I've got my you know Group Four steel wheels, so I need still to, sitting in a box. Like, still sitting in a box, yeah, and they haven't even moved to the garage yet. They're still in the house. Oh, I, think, I need to. I think that I think get, get, that's at least two years away because you're going to cry about the fact you've got to buy tires for them. Um, no, that I think that'll be all right. I think it'll be all right. It's the the powder coating. It's the powder coating because I can't. You know, you'd think that'd be really easy. Just oh, powder coating company, just go there, and everyone's just, just giving me all these. Oh, but what if this? What if that? What if that? And you go, what? Like on, on TV programs, they just go anywhere and go powder coat these for me, and they go, great, done. Yeah, that's exactly so, what you need to do. Yeah, so I need a recommendation from somebody locally on who's done it. Sure, because people because people tell you, oh, try this person, and you phone that person, leave them a voicemail, you send them an email, you send them a text message, and, and they don't get back to you. And I've had that happen three or four times. So now I'm thinking I'll do my own research and I'll just go and find somebody, take them there, get it done. And then that's it. Tires on. Because um, I've got the hubcaps, which I still have unpolished, by the way. They're still covered in Shit. whatever storage rubbish. Yeah. And I suspect they're going to be dented. Because you can't fix those dents, can you? So they're going to have uh, some dents in them. Yeah, I reckon one of those paintless dent removal people will be able to do something there. You reckon? I don't yeah. know. So I'm going to do that uh, and then just see how it looks. Yeah, okay. Um, it might look better without the hubcaps, might look better with, and or I might just go straight back to the Fuchs wheels. So there's there's quite a few things that I want to do, but I am also, right, I'm going to say this now, this is, this is a, a big thing. I am also thinking, should I sell it? And should I try and get a 964? Yeah, we spoke about that a couple of times now. Yeah, I know, but there's got to be some correction in the price because they're just stupid money. Yeah, well, you've got the same. Do you, okay, I'll pose this question to you. Do you think the correction, price correction of 964s will be at a different rate to 912s? Because 912s could do with a correction right now. They're exorbitant. Yeah, the 
Well, the thing is, the correction in 912 shouldn't affect, affect me as much because I bought mine before it went stratospheric. So but in your head, when you're looking for your 964, you're thinking stratospheric um, 912 price and bottom of the market 964, and that's in your no. psychologically, you're thinking, no, I don't think I'm to close that gap. Yeah. The, oh, no, it's the, the gap's too big. Um, I'd be better off probably looking for a 993. That would be a closer thing because the yeah, 964. Oh, you mean a better car? Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, each iteration they're better, aren't they? Because if someone says, "Oh, well, if you want to go better, the next stage better from a 993, what's that? It's a 996." <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Okay. I can't. I can't quite decide. Yeah. Oh, so, look. We'll talk about that in a bit more depth. Um. Yeah. The, I would like, as part of um, the uh, review, I thought what we'd do is we would issue our first ever Horse Talk Awards. And now these I've come up with are awards to reflect our various episodes and different aspects of those episodes. And I'll put some options in front of you and some reminders and between us, we'll uh, either agree or disagree on the outcome. And the first one I want to talk about is who was our guest of the year. I'm going to run through all of the guests, and there may be some conversation okay. points. Okay, the first one we had of the year was actually Joe Gauchi. He was the gentleman who started the Porsche Owners of Western Australia Car Club, you might recall. Drives a, yes. um, a lovely 964, red, guys red. <laughs> that was followed up by uh, Max Newman, Maxi Taxi from um, Nine Works Radio. I think it was his second time yep. he'd been on, actually. Yeah, I think it was. Yep, yep. Who was a who was a great guest. Um, the uh, the person that was uh, that entertained us following that one was Henry Catchpole, which I feel like Henry's uh, uh, podcast episode. Was one of the good ones for sure. We um, he was very easy to talk to. Very shared some great insights with uh, what he's been through, and you know, we I, th I feel like we had a great um, understanding of his passion for the brand. Yep. No, absolutely. Yep. yep. Um, and he, and um, it was great. He told us some stuff after we stopped recording as yes. well, which I thought yep. was really interesting. Yeah, and it's followed that up with him. Yes, <laughs> and um, I'd have to say. He was better than he had to be. He still would have been a great podcast, but he was actually, he exceeded my expectations as a guest would be a great way to describe it. Yeah, um, he was really good. Mm. Then we had Peter Thompson from Purely Porsche here in WA, an independent Porsche repairer. He's um, an Irishman who's had a pretty interesting background with Ferraris and Lambos and rally teams, et cetera. That was a pretty entertaining um yeah, uh, getting getting to know Peter there in a tiny episode. Then we had Cameron Healy who oh, restored yes. the three five six SL and his amazing car collection. And you know, I was fortunate enough to meet Cameron face to face and at Rensport last year as well. And um, appreciate some of his uh, race cars he's got in the garage in reality. So that was a, that was a fascinating story about the process of having to. Um, 
go through that. Following yeah. Cameron, we had Giles English from Bremont Watches. Well, yeah. Great, great story of him and his brother driving across America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and how they come up with a name for the company when yep. they crash landed in someone's field in France. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got a bit of a problem with aircraft, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, they've, they've, I think they still fly. Um, Amazingly, I think history. you're right. Yeah, and and still great, a great story about you know Giles's car ownership that he's had for thirty years or whatever it is. Yep, yep. Um, and and that they went and took sort of an air cooled car and a notoriously unreliable Jaguar E Type across <laughs> America, and you just think, wow. Yeah, it was a uh, was certainly an adventure. Um, yeah. The episode after that was with um, Andy and James from Kerbin Canyon, which was, that was a lot of fun, that episode. It was. The uh, Those two boys are always good entertainment. And um, I've been missing the fact they haven't been publishing any uh, podcasts themselves for the last yeah, couple of Yeah, they months. haven't, have they? Uh, but look, we, yeah, need pe- we need people like them to make us look regular. Yeah, exactly. And I know Andy That's and it. James do listen to our podcast, so boys, pull your finger out. We, we, want, to, we want to hear some more episodes ourselves. Yeah, we do, we do. Uh, um, I think there's not enough out there at the moment. <laughs> um, following that was my um, interview with Matt Farah from The Smoking Tire, which... Oh, yes. That was, um, you know, obviously um, I did that in person and um, it was that was, a, that was a great episode for a number of reasons and um, just getting some insight from Matt and, you know, just some different information what he shares with his audience when he's the host compared to when he's being interviewed himself, I thought was quite good. Yeah. Uh, and um, I did, I did think that you guys talked quite a lot about the quality of tarmac and pavements in different parts, different parts of America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it made me laugh and I thought that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we had Jeff, from home built by Jeff to talk about my oh, potential yes. box turn project and um what we because I spent a lot of time with Jeff at um Rensport. So it was um oh, that was a great catch up episode to get another perspective other than my own about the event and uh remind me of things that I saw and forgot, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh no that um that's always a really good because he's been on twice. He has. And it's got so many projects and he he knows so much about this stuff and I love the fact that he just, he just gets on and does everything himself. Yeah. He, just, um, he does, make, he does make it look pretty easy. Yeah. And I'm sat there going, I know this isn't easy. And you know, if I, if someone who hadn't done it before, would be going, that doesn't look too hard. I think I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, um, his Al Ferrari's come a long way. It's, uh, you know, he's in the final yeah. um, throes of completion there. So he's, uh, I do still follow his his um, episodes on YouTube. One of the few car guys I actually do. And, uh, yeah, I enjoy um, having a chat to him whenever the opportunity presents itself. And the final one for the year was with Bart for, I think, the third time he's been on. Third time, yeah. And, yeah, that was actually a great um, – that was probably the best of the three, I felt like. Um yeah, for the um, you know, for the experience. Um, 
I sort of whittled it down to three episodes um, myself going through that list of guests of which I had Bart um, as my number one, Giles as my number two, and Cam Healy as my number three, as my, so I'm not really sure who the best guest of the year is, but I'm happy to be swung on either of those or tell me why it should be someone else, Ajma. See, I I go back on my I just go back on how much I enjoyed each one. Yep. Um, and I think it would be um I think the first two, I think I'd agree with you, it's Bart and Giles. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the 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 Bart one, it was because it, we talked about so much stuff. Yes. It wasn't yeah. really a car all car thing, the photography, the social media stuff about the evolution of uh, uh, technology and, and mm-hmm. photography as an art. Mm-hmm. I, I love that conversation. Um, with Giles, it was just endless stuff that made, you know, make your eyes pop when he was telling you about what he's, you know, what he's frammed into his life and what he's still doing. Um, I genuinely felt, I genuinely felt after listening to Giles, oh, I just haven't done anything with my life. You no, know, me too. And I was thinking, <laughs> what? You know when he he talks about his nine eleven was it his nine eleven T? Yes, and he yes, said he's yes. had it for yes, um thirty years, and it wasn't and even the one he wanted. Way. Remember, he wanted a different color, but yeah. he couldn't afford it. And then, and at the same time, and when you see it, because I've seen that car in person, uh, because I went to a watch event out. Oh, yes, I recall. And it was yeah. parked outside. I, I I didn't meet him that day, but the car was parked outside, and um. And you know it's it's pro it's a properly used car, and you can see where it's been patched and fixed and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's properly used, and um, and to think, well, well, hang on, he would have had that when he was twenty. He would have got it when he was twenty, and he's now got it. He's I think he's just turned fifty, <laughs> and he's still got it. And you yep. just think, wow. Yeah. Um, and and you know, starting a watch company. And it, for it to become what it is and providing watches for the military and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was, from that point of view, it was just amazing to hear all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I did like the Cameron Healy one simply for the fact that all of the stuff that, you know, the, what he'd found, who he worked with, because he, he worked with Rod Emery, didn't he, to get that um, yeah. 356, which is kind of the first Le Mans. Yes, was it, it, was, the, the, it was a class winner. The first uh, yeah. victory at Le Mans for Porsche, it was in that car. Yeah, um, but I think for me, it would be uh, Bart, Giles, Henry Catchpole. Yep, we've got to pick one. Order. Who is it going to be? Um, I don't know. I mean, the overriding uh, memory of talking to Henry was the... Um, was it what were we talking about? The mechanical pickaxe. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that, that I, can't, I can't remember. Um, but also, um, so I I I enjoyed it because I remember it as a as a happy, yes, podcast. Um, but I think the one that I enjoyed most for the content, I think it'd have to be. Um, I don't know. I can't. I can't choose between. You know, I'm calling it Giles. It's got to be Giles for the adventure aspect. Just, just the adventure aspect was huge. Yeah, it was, it wasn't was. it? So, yeah. guess the guess the year. No, 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 Giles no, no, English. Yeah, Giles English. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Get him back on. 
let's get him on as 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 guest of the year. Let's see if you can back it up. Yeah. Why don't you reach out to him and let yeah. him know he's uh he's won the Porsche Talk Award guest of the year for for um <laughs> for twenty twenty three. What 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 do we give him? Uh, our appreciation. I've still got a Cayenne. I've, I've still got a Cayenne, the Cayenne pen. pen. <laughs> <laughs> or I've got a stalk from a box turd. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, next next award is event of the year. Now I've I've got five here. Right, one, two, three, four, five. Yes, yeah, five. Of which this is quite a challenge because we don't go to events together. No, we don't. Also, I don't go to that many events, and you go to the big events. So I think you should decide this one. Well, let, I'll tell you what the list is. I've got down Le Mans 24 hours because it was such an emotional, overwhelming experience for me. Yeah. I've got Rensport Reunion because it'd be insane not to. Yeah. I, I did have Classics at the Clubhouse, which uh, you attended. I've yep. also got the Bister events. Did you attend any last year? I did go to a scramble, Bista Scramble event one, but it was at the beginning of last year, so it would have been winter. I remember it was cold. Right, okay. Um let's wipe that one. So they uh but it but it was um but it's worth putting them on for the mm-hmm. ones that we've been to. Sure. And then I've then I've just got caffeine and machine in general written here because I've never attended anything caffeine machine and I look forward to doing so at some point, but it feels like Anytime you go to Caffeine Machine is an event in itself. It is. I've not been um, like during the day on a weekday. That's the only time you don't sort of buy a ticket. Sure. Um, but I've been to some of the air cold evenings that they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been, obviously, I went when Magnus was there. Yep. Um, and it's just, there's not anything in particular happening apart from a ton of cars of a particular type that are there. And you see anybody who's anybody in the motoring sort of, I guess, influencer community, they're all mm-hmm. there. Um, and you and you just stand and go and have a conversation with anybody about their car. Um, and you'll see all sorts of stuff. And obviously they do food, they do drink. Um, it's a great venue. Yeah. Well, in the interest of supporting people that support us, I think that the classics in the clubhouse should be our event of the year. PJ's been on before. Um, he runs an amazing event. I want to go. Now it's I, I it's one yeah, for me it's um it's one of those where it's I think it's grown into something really quickly, the way PJ's done it. He's grown it into something just with the sponsors and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um it's become something really significant. And if you, you know, it starts at what, nine or ten o'clock in the morning, but if you got there at one in the afternoon there's still tons of people there yeah yeah um and i think my complaint every year is it's hard to get a coffee but that's simply because there's so many people there (laughs) (laughs) and uh and i think he had uh i think someone let him down last year actually they they had one coffee van uh but there's lots of food stalls all over the place uh but just for the variety of the variety of the cars on display um and you know there's uh and the sponsors it, it was brilliant yeah so and the reason i'm not the reason classics of the clubhouse is more interest to me of being event of the year than for example Rensport reunion is 
Rensport Reunion is a motor racing event. Yeah. And but this year, oh sorry, last year, Porsche also tried to have their 75th anniversary included at the event, yep. but there weren't really that many road cars there. Now, so it sort of made the event a bit confusing about what it really was. Mm. However, it was amazing as a Rensport event because you're seeing cars that you don't ever see any, anywhere all at once, you know. But in the uh, with the, I think the classics of the clubhouse type event is more relatable to more of our listeners as well. Yeah, it's just air cooled, so yes. mm-hmm. um, it's and the and I love the fact that it's on a golf course. They are yep. literally just across the fairway, tripping yeah, uh, all over it. Kind of. Yeah, and there's um and there's you know cars that are kind of you know beetles that are turning to dune buggy type things. Yeah, uh, Dakar, and yeah. they and they're parked in the in the bunkers, in the sand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if and because last year the weather was perfect, um, you know, and anyone is anyone is now starting to attend, um, and it's and it's informal. I like that it's informal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, you know, talks or anything you've got to go to. Um, so it's just, you know, you can be at any part of it. And I think Porsche now sponsor it. I think okay. they can have a stand Fantastic. there this year. Uh, so it should be, you know, he's got lots of sponsors now. So um, it'd be really good to, um, yeah, I, I shall, uh, we'll have to do a list on Instagram of yep. who has won each category. We will. We will. Um and I just like to talk about the most listened to episode of the year. Yeah. I, okay, I'll do the top three. Coming in at number three was um, the interview with Matt Farah. All right, cool. That yes. was on the seventh of um, October. On the seventeenth of March was Henry Catchpole at number two. And on the third of the third, third of March, twenty twenty three. It was an episode of just you and I that was titled Are Air-Cooled Porsches Going to Be Affordable Again? That was our most listened to episode of the year. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've got to do a special mention, though. On the 31st of uh, August, we had an episode with Andy and James from Kerbin Canyon that are only five downloads less than our Matt Farah episode. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they pretty close to being on the podium, but not quite there. So, boys, get your mates to start downloading our podcast, will you? Yeah. uh, But I like the – because there there were some some that I remember just really enjoying having the conversation. And some just descended into farce. I think I remember one just going into talking about pissing on headlights and something like that. And he just said, why are we talking about pissing on headlights? Uh, but it was, um, but some of it is, I, I think there's, there has to be a loose structure to what we talk about because we end up just talking about a complete and utter nonsense. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's appreciated by the people who listen because, you know, there's not... It's not always a, a, a formula. Yep. Um, yep. And I think that's what I've enjoyed, where the conversation just strayed down a path that we can't come back from. 
it's not like you go, no, no, that's enough. Let's reset, come back. No, that's it. We're down that road and we're carrying on down that road. So I've enjoyed those. There's been yeah. a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you don't know how far, you don't know where the line is until you cross it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and um, finally, I'd just like to talk about what was taking all factors into consideration, what was the best episode of the year for you to look back on? The best one. I don't know if I can name just one. Because there were a few where, and I know some people hate them and some like them, is some of them I, I might have gone off on a rant about something and i and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know I, I feel a bit subdued and obviously for people who can't see me i've got my january beard on as well um which has got to come off for tomorrow because i've got a customer meeting but um but the stuff so i've tried to be a bit more subdued today because there's a lot of stuff in the news that has kind of got me down recently oh, you know when you good, think mate. about the future yeah no you know but you know when you think about the future and you think you know especially when you've had children and you start thinking about what the future is going to be like. Um, and you can't see it. Sometimes I'm just, you know, have this feeling of hopelessness. There's just no hope. You know, Donald Trump's going to get in. Um, all these populist leaders are taking over uh, big, powerful countries. Um, they, the UK is a mess the, politically. And then you just think, well, my children have got to grow up in this world. Um, but other times... I can be passionate and energetic and enthused about tons of things. And I think the the episodes have kind of, for me, and my enjoyment of them have gone like that based on what mood I was in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, I, I, so I can't pick one out um, because, and I think I enjoy them when they're more regular. Yep. I enjoy them because each one feels like a continuation of a conversation. But then when, what it's been a, a how long has it been now? Five weeks? Six yeah, weeks about that. Yep. yep. Oh, it's actually, yeah. no, no, it's our last, I was actually on the 22nd because we published on the 24th of December. All right. So a month ago. And it, yep. um, and it feels like that, that's too long. We're kind of almost like we're resetting and we're now talking about, oh, this, that, whatever. And, you know, we can't remember what we talked about and what we said and, oh, what did you do with that thing? And, oh, yeah, you told me about that. You know, there's a lot of that. So I like it when they're, you know, one to two weeks between them. And yeah, then you, yeah. it's a conversation that's going yeah. on. And then there's progress in everything that's happening and that we're doing and that we're thinking. Or there's a theme running through what's happening in, you know, the Porsche world or the car world. And we're running through it. But I also like it when there was one where we talked about 80s cars. Yes. Um, and and I, I really like that one. Obviously, that's the era I grew up. I was a kid during the 80s. And I remember having, you know, posters and, and what the, what the day-to-day -day cars were on the roads. And, you know, were, and uh, I particularly enjoyed the one we where we talked about what makes a classic. Yes, yes. Classic or just old. Yes. I yeah, think yeah. we called it classic <laughs> or just old. Or is it old or is it just shit? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and it's just, it's just where you, you've just, you know, where someone says, oh, but this car is pristine and it's a, uh, and you go, yeah, but it's pristine, but it was shit then and it's shit now. <laughs> it just happens to be pristine. It's up there Old with the pristine. It's up there with an oil flap for you, isn't it? Yes. 
yes and you just think <laughs> because uh you know what was it someone was selling something like a a, a larder um and and they said it's a it's an appreciating classic. And I went, it's not fucking appreciating classic. <laughs> it's, it's a heap of shit. And it was a heap of shit when it came out. And it's still oh, a heap man. of shit, but it's an old heap of shit now. <laughs> I think it's that, you know, I like those where we can go down a, yeah, an avenue yeah. and talk about something yeah. that mm-hmm. just comes up. And, and I like it that we haven't had time to think about it. Yeah. Sometimes I'm I'm an overthinker, like you said already. And it's not; it doesn't flow quite easily. But when you when when something comes up during the conversation, and we could talk about it. Those are my favourites. Yeah, great. To that end, I'd like to propose that we do have an episode of the year, and it is the eighties cars episode. Yeah, no, I did. I did enjoy that. But you know, uh, then we went off. Was it when we talked about? Renault's or collaborations or something like that where we talk about you know fuego and uh <laughs> oh yeah the, <laughs> you the, know uh, you go, that's a word out of us like the, the cross years. the cross platforming between brands i think we spoke about didn't we <laughs> yes that is it yeah because it was because you remembered it and i could i knew there was that was a um they'd they'd done a collaboration with somebody and then you went oh yeah it was, <laughs> Susie, yeah and i was like oh yeah i would never remember that but then, uh, but then you know the one that Alfa Romeo did with Nissan, the yeah, Nissan um, Cherry. I can't remember yeah. what it's called, the Alfa Romeo, but but they did it the wrong way around because Alfa Romeo did the mechanics and Nissan did the design. <laughs> you just go, what? The um, so we those... did speak about doing a nineties cars episode. Remember that we never really got to. Yeah, because we were going to do a nineties and a seventies one. Yeah, we should find do... the cars of a decade. Yeah, because I think the noughties one would be hard for me because there were so many that I thought were great. You know, when they come out and everyone goes, this is amazing. And they turned out to be turds because they all broke down because because the manufacturing processes were evolving. So, you said, you know, did someone plastic, say ball scoring? Well, that and, you know, plastic parts in BMW engines and stuff like that, where you've got this is an amazing car. And now everyone's like, that's a ticking time bomb. And, the um, um, the so, V10 and the M5 and M6. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, great cars, but then now great, great you, when they've got. Not, yeah, now everyone's like, I wouldn't touch that. Yeah, yeah. Simply because yeah. if that goes wrong, that's it's just been it. Let's. But let's yeah, so I agree. Eighties. Okay, good one. So um, we'll uh we'll list those in the um, we'll put we'll put up we'll put up a post of it with those uh awards and. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Ajmal, we will uh, reconvene. Let's not leave it as long as time. Definitely. Let's do that. Okay, so uh, everyone, please, if you haven't already, follow us on your preferred platform. Uh, you can also follow our social media if it interests you. I'm Mark and Cars. It's M-A-R-C-A-N-D-C-A-R-S on most social media. And Ajmal is flat cap driver. We uh, hope you guys are listening to this or you're driving your car and reach out to us. Tell us about your adventures. Got any input yourself on what your favorite episode was? We'd love to hear about it. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you, Ajmal. Catch you on the next one.